Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. The Bird Show. Hey, The Bird Show. So, um, to catch a cheater war of the roses, everything was just fine. He was doing all of the finances. Everything was fine. She didn't understand the finances. And then she's like, you know what? I'd like to understand them a little bit better. So she starts going over the finances. Now she's got questions about his loyalty in their marriage. Kristen's got the email. For a long time, I had taken a back seat when it came to managing or even understanding our finances. My husband has always understood that stuff better. So he has always taken the responsibility. I always trusted that the bills were paid, our savings were growing, etc. I had no reason, uh, I had no reason to trust him. I had no reason not to trust him with that. However, I recently came across a list of all of our accounts with the usernames and passwords. I've always been a bit embarrassed that I was clueless about these type of things. So I figured I would just take a few minutes and log into our accounts for a better understanding. I logged into one of our joint credit card accounts, one which we both frequently use for various expenses. As I skimmed through the list of charges, certain charges caught my attention. There were multiple expenses for some pretty upscale restaurants, places neither of us had been to. Now, it's entirely possible that these were expenses from business lunches. My husband often meets with clients and colleagues over meals. Some of these seemed too nice or just not the type of place you'd go to have a lunch meeting. In fact, I looked them all up and one of them isn't even open for lunch. He had never mentioned a dinner meeting. When he's been home late, he would always say he was caught up at the office and I trusted that. The worst of it all was one particular charge from a restaurant on a date that coincided with a business trip he had supposedly taken out of town. How could he have eaten at this restaurant on a date where he was supposed to be hundreds of miles away? Uh-oh. Could there be a simple explanation? I just need to know what's going on here. Can you help me? Once again, here you have a resume of character, right? With your husband. For years and years and years, you've been a loyal dude. You've trusted him. So why is the default immediately to like, he might be screwing around on me? Because he is. (laughs) (laughs) We don't know that yet. Sure we do. But can there be other things? <laughs> like what? It's tough. To, I'm trying to find another explanation for my man, but I can't think of one. What if this was a business account, right? No, 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 no. This is their, this is not a business account. This is their shared credit card account. Mm. This is their shared. And so. Is it possible he gave somebody the card that couldn't afford a meal in a different city to use the card? But if he was in a different city, why wouldn't there be charges city. from that city on the card? Wouldn't be charges on the city and the card. Yeah. So yeah. he lies. <laughs> right now. He's a liar. Yeah. Right now. He may not be a cheater, mm-hmm. but he's a liar. <laughs> liar, liar, pants on fire. How, how do you explain being hundreds of miles away from a place that your card says you were eating at? It was stolen. 
Stolen ah. money. Ah, now he's the victim. We're and stolen. he didn't and he didn't try to get the card back because he figured whoever stole it really needed it. So yeah. why lock it up? Let them just use it. So it was they obviously stolen. needed lobster. Exactly. <laughs> it was stolen and it was being philanthropic. And uh-huh. she's like blaming him for all this. He, he should be thinking about leaving her. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. <laughs> what is toxic in there? He I, is the patron saint of infidelity. <laughs> <laughs> so we'll test him tonight. We'll try to get some answers, and we'll have her on tomorrow morning. All right, Abby, you're calling it a backhanded compliment. Yeah, one of my friends was told that uh, her other group of friends don't want to go out with her to bars because she's too hot. So I got to be honest. I, all my friends, straight tens. They are the most beautiful women I've ever seen. Oh, thank be, you, Abby. That's so sweet. <laughs> You're welcome. You know, I just love, to, just love to build women up. And I thought we were friends. When's the last you time you went 10. out with her? <laughs> yeah, I'll sit over here with the fours. <laughs> and so, so, I mean, this would be great. Like, if I was into women, but as of 7, 15 a.m. today, I'm still helplessly uh, attracted to men. But I, I, all my friends are super hot. And I was catching up with one of my gal pals over the weekend, and she went on this trip with her other group of friends, you know, who are not as... Who aren't who don't empower her as much as I do? I love to embrace my friend's hotness because it gets me perks like <laughs> you know better tables at restaurants, <laughs> drinks. <laughs> Guys will come over and want to buy her drinks, and I'll get to have a couple sips. Uh, sometimes I'll get the, the group of guys uglier friends. Yeah. Like there's a lot of perks, but I will say one of the cons <laughs> is that I mean sometimes it can be a little bit of a, a hit to your self esteem. You go out with a ten, you're a solid seven, and you're like you know what I recognize there's a little bit of an appearance difference here and you get treated differently than say your super hot friend does but I think the the perks outweigh the cons not everybody feels that way though so one of my super hot 11 out of 10 friends is hanging out with this other group of gal pals and they were having this conversation about this new bar that it just opened up they're like it's so cool it's right on the beach there's a rooftop the cocktails are amazing the guys there are super hot we all got to do a girls night out there and the group of friends that she was out with was like oh yeah we definitely want to check that place out um just not with you and she goes what do you mean like not with me we hang out all the time like we're friends and she's like well if we go out with you we're not going to get hit on. You're only going to get hit on. Like nobody will pay attention to us if we go out with you. And she goes, that's not fair. Like we, we're a group of friends. We should all be able to enjoy the night out. And she goes, well, no, not, not at this place. If there's going to be super hot guys. (laughs) And then here's the kicker. So they're in this, they're at dinner. They're with, you know, a group of like eight girls and this, girl who is talking about how she doesn't want to go out with my friend turns to her other close friend and goes, but we'll go out with you, which is such Wow, a, that's <laughs> insulting. She was like digging herself deeper and deeper yes. into this hole. I, I don't know how this, how this girl is like speaking words and not realizing how this sounds. Basically looking at my friend and saying like, "We're you're too hot for us to go out with you, but then turning to like the three girls next to her and being like, but we should all plan a night out. Basically saying like, she's a 10, Y'all are busted AF. (laughs) (laughs) So does she even have friends anymore? Um, you know what? That is to be decided. I'll let you know after the weekend. <laughs> How many times have I said this? 100% in any relationship is a couple percentage points too much, man. Hey, The Bird Show. The Bird Show. All right, so a friend of her dad's has asked her out on a date. She wants to go, but she doesn't know if she should tell her pops first. Ooh. I know it's messy and I love it. <laughs> <laughs> right, so, Bird Show listeners, if there's anybody... because. 
I guarantee somebody listening has been in this situation. So if you have ever dated your dad's friend and would like to share how it went, 1-855-BIRT-SHOW, 855-237-8746. Phone lines are open. All right, so the email reads, Hey, Bert Show, I'm going to cut right to the chase. One of my dad's friends has asked me out, and I really want to go, but I'm worried my dad is going to freak out. The deeds I think you need are, he and my dad are friends, but aren't BFF. They are work friends who actually joined a pickleball league league together. He's younger than my dad, but still 17 years older than me. I'm 23, he's 40, my dad is 52. He joined my company's, uh, sorry, he joined my dad's company about six years ago, and that's when I met him. It hasn't been until recently that I felt this flirtatious vibe between the two of us. We exchange numbers and have been texting for a few months. It's been fun, and if I'm being honest, I kind of like the secretiveness of it. He asked me out on an official date, and I really want to go. I just don't know what to do about my dad. Do I still keep my dad in the dark? Do I give him a heads up? Is this completely inappropriate? And should I end things with, in quotations, Zach? He's a kind man who, he's a kind man who also happens to be incredibly hot. <laughs> he's divorced with no kids. I am really vibing with him and would like to see where this could go. I just know my dad is going to lose his S when he finds out. Thanks for any advice. All right, so Abby, Ooh. you are talking to one of your dad's friends. <laughs> no, I'm not. Yeah, you are. No, I'm not. <laughs> In this hypothetical, you are. You're talking to one of your dad's friends. How would you proceed? He's incredibly hot. He is incredibly hot. I'm just trying to picture no it. Kids. No kids. No. No, he's. <laughs> yeah, that's, you know what? That's a plus. Here's the thing. I'm just trying to picture this because my dad just has like the group of nerdiest old guys ever. So it's hard for me to picture like a hot older man. So let me like think of like a Matt Damon or something. Like if I'm talking to yep. Matt Damon, mm-hmm. if my dad is friends with Matt Damon, <sighs> I gotta say, I think I would fold. I think, and I think I would keep it a secret too, because I know my dad, and I know my dad would not respond well to this. And I think if I was really serious about Matt Damon, <laughs> I love how music. Yeah. Like, like I said, this is a possibility. If I was serious about it as a relationship, and we had really built something beautiful together, I think it would make a lot more sense, and my dad would be a lot more on board if he could see it, and he could kind of see it played out, like if we both approached him, like, hey, we've been dating for six months, but like we're really in love, and this is really going somewhere. I think he would be more likely to not have a freak out, whereas if you said, hey, I want to go on a first date, I think my dad would have a conniption. So you would you would keep it under wraps, unless there was something to tell. Yes, exactly. Mo. It would be tough for me to sit here as a man and give her advice to say to keep this from your dad. Um, I get it. And if I were in that position, I probably wouldn't say anything, to be honest. But I feel like if he was a stand up guy, he would mention it to her dad. Mm. You know, if you if you if you genuinely feel like you are interested in her, I think the, the, the grown man move to make is to actually say and it probably will ruin the relationship. I think, you know, that going in. But I think he should mention it to her dad. And if he doesn't, that's enough for me to know that she should. All right, let me throw a hypothetical at you. Your friend comes to you and says he wants to take your daughter out. Our friendship is over. <laughs> <laughs> you, don't, you don't have to call me first. <laughs> that's it. Cass. 
No one needs to tell dad, and here's why. You're two consenting adults. And this, I went through this, so I completely understand it in my young 20s. You dated one of your dad's friends? No, 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 no. Sorry, <laughs> I meant, I went through the mentality of like everything I do, I have to tell my parents yeah. and they have to approve of and they have to know everything because that's where you just came from. Like literally 18, maybe more years of your life were spent under your parents' roof if you're lucky and privileged where you had to report to them and they had to basically essentially sign off on everything. You're 23. You can do what you want. This isn't your dad. If this was your dad's best friend or part of his inner circle, very different. This is a guy he plays pickleball with that he works with. Date the dude. Have fun. I wouldn't tell dad. And then I would take Abby's advice. See where it goes. If it forms into something solid, then you can tell dad. Otherwise, it's honestly none of dad's business and neither of them needs to tell. But she never would have met him if it weren't for dad. Mm-hmm. That doesn't, no. that doesn't matter. No. Like it's, it, I don't think it matters. I don't think it matters how you met. I think, I, I think it just matters the friendship, but they don't even sound like they're that good of friends. So I, I'm keeping this thing under wraps. But they play pickleball together. Oh God, is that that serious? So <laughs> What's the pickles involved? <laughs> they're hitting balls on the court. It's not a marriage. Balls on the court and balls in the bedroom. Okay. Oh. All right. The only thing that would change this for me is if this 40-year-old dude reported to your dad in some capacity in a hierarchy at work because then that sketch and it's weird and there's a power dynamic there and I would feel used. Got it. The Burt Show. All right, you guys ready for a plot twist? Plot twist. All right, first you're going to hear a story of things going wrong, 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 and then plot twist. Hey, Autumn, good morning. Or not. Oh. There it is. There's your plot twist. <laughs> There's nobody on the phone lined up ready to go. Damn. <laughs> See, Tommy, you jinxed it because you were like, all right, everybody, Get your headphones on because you wanted to hear us to hear Bert go, ing, ing, ing. and then he goes, and Autumn's lined up, ready to go. She's going to be great. <laughs> it's now. a pretty big buildup, right? Yeah. There. <laughs> yep. uh, we already know the story because we've read the email, but man, what a night. She's what ready. A, a complete night. Hey, Autumn. Hey, I don't know what happened, but good morning. <laughs> good morning. It's all good. So tell us about this awful date and how the whole thing ends. Boom. Go for it. Well, the thing that's heartbreaking is that it wasn't an awful date at the beginning. Uh, me and this dude, we went out to lunch and the date was amazing. I mean, he was everything I would have wanted in a guy, liberal, feminist. He believes in gay rights. He said he was an exec for Amazon corporate. I mean, pitter patter. I was ready. (laughs) Um, (laughs) So we'd had a couple, we had two drinks at this restaurant. I told him that I made better Cosmos than the restaurant. And I was like, you are coming home with me. So we come back to my place. I make us each two Cosmos. And he told me he was not a lightweight. (laughs) And uh, he lied. (laughs) Yeah, for those of us that pour in our own house, that's a challenge right there. Uh Okay. uh Uh, so we, you know, we moved to the bedroom. We were trying to play the piano mm-hmm. and um, he couldn't even, he couldn't even get up to the bench, you know, I was doing all I could to play the piano and he wasn't, he was sloppy on the floor. So, uh, <laughs> less is hard. At one point, I know. Sweet thing. Okay. So at one point he's in the bathroom for like an hour. I fell asleep. I like I got a little cold, so I got under the sheets. I woke up confused. I said, I thought <laughs> I thought did I miss the date? And then I look at the time. I realize he's in my bathroom. I checked on him twice, and each time he said he was fine. He comes back to bed. He continues to try to play the piano. So he's kissing on me. That's important to know. Uh, he's kissing on me. He's doing all this stuff. Finally, it 
the time, our time ends and I have to get ready to go to an event. I walk in my bathroom and this man had thrown up all over my bathroom. Oh God. And he didn't clean up his own yak. Oh no, he tried to, he used every single one of my towels to try to clean it up. And it was piled in my tub. One important note, he had a, uh, a Philly cheesesteak for lunch okay. with a mushroom chunk. <laughs> yeah, Tom, Tommy was right. You're a little too good on the radio. <laughs> uh, so, you know, I tried washing the towels. He, um, I made him try to clean up his own mess, which he didn't. The important part is he did continue kissing on me after he Ugh. threw up. Ah. So uh, sounds right, like a great. I didn't know. Yeah, when you said he came out of the bathroom <laughs> and then tried going in a second time, now knowing this information, and that he's at somebody right. else's house, so he's not able to brush his teeth. That's disgusting. Right. Did, did I have this yeah, right? Did I miss my toothbrush? Did she say that he was? Did you did you say that he accidentally peed on you, or did I, did I get that twisted? No. What show are you listening to? Some people are into that, Bert. What? She said he pissed on me. Kissed. He what? Kissed on me. She said Okay. Kissed with a K. Okay. My bad. Okay. Is that the plot twist you were talking about? That's not. We're not even there yet. All right, go ahead. So he did not tell me. So when I walked in, I said, what the hell happened? And he said, oops, oops. (laughs) (laughs) And then I asked why he didn't tell me. He said he forgot. I don't know how that's possible. And I checked on him twice that he didn't forget. So we leave. He does have the audacity to ask when we can see each other again. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I also somehow got strep two days later. Weird how that happened. Oh, no. Um, but then uh, one of my girlfriends says, you know, you should ask him to give you money so you can re- replace your towels in your shower curtain. Fair. I was like, that. that's wise. I text him. He blocked me. I messaged him on Snap. He blocked me. So I found his number via Venmo, <laughs> and it came up as his contact for me. I was like, okay, there he is, Joe Schmo. Um, and I send it off, and it says, sent to not Joe Schmo. I was like, what? And I go to check his Venmo page and it is him with a completely different name. And his profile picture is him kissing another woman. <gasps> when he told me he was single and looking for a relationship. So I turned on FBI mode uh-huh. hard. And one of my girlfriends, she is more of an FBI agent than I am. So I reached out to her and she loved it. She was eating this up. So we found his Instagram, which he'd already blocked me on. So I couldn't see, but his bio said hubby with a wedding ring. Next Shut up, Autumn. Yeah. And uh, I mean, he's just hubby everything, but he had given me a completely different uh, identity, a completely different job. He's not an exec with Amazon. He's a low-level actor who played on some TV show that nobody knows about. <laughs> what in the world? <laughs> and it was for Amazon. <laughs> wow. So the advice part that I need, because mm. right now I am on the hunt to find the wife. We have potentially found the wife, and I did message that woman on Instagram, but because her profile is private and we have no mutuals, I think it's sitting in her hidden request. Mm-hmm. But, like, do I do I do a texting tutor? I don't have her information. I figure Tommy somehow has everyone's information in the world. Um, <laughs> do I just leave it in the Instagram hidden request and just hope she sees it one day? Like, so you are determined to get this info to her. Okay. 
I am. So we can't even talk you out of that. <laughs> well, you could talk me out of it. No, we can't. I we know you too well at this point. <laughs> <laughs> Did you look her up on Venmo? Because the best part would be if you could find her on Venmo and you send a Venmo request to replace the towels that her husband destroyed <gasps> at your house. That's good. I mean, the thing is, we're not, co- we're not, we're like 95% sure it's her husband or that she's the wife. So I don't want to like mm. request funds from someone where I'm not 100% sure it's her. So Cassie, can she put instead of, you, you said you DM'd her on Instagram? I did DM her on Instagram. Right, yes. So why don't you just put it in her main feed? Wait, you can't. It doesn't yes. work like yeah. that. She's got a private, she can't oh, it's comment. Private. Yeah, okay. she can't comment right. on anything. All right. Huh. Yeah, she can't go in and do a and comment saying check your DMs. Right. What can she do? Venmo her or try and, um, you can always. I mean, we do have his, ad- we have their address, we think. So I could send a letter. <laughs> <laughs> Old school. Wow. Um, yeah, you got plenty of options here. Singing telegram. <laughs> Edible <laughs> arrangement. <laughs> I mean, you could pay for a service like Spokio. And look him up and then find out who else is at that address and find her phone number that way and text her if she hasn't removed her. If you can remove information from those services, which I recommend everyone go on and remove your information because, like, your phone number is out there. Shut up, Cassie. Yeah, Tommy can. I'm sorry. People need to know. Hey, Autumn, Tommy can help you (laughs) with that. He's already, he knows exactly how to use all that. secret Uh weapon. Yeah. Nobody (laughs) listens anymore. Don't worry about it. So we can um, try to get her phone number and you can hit her directly. That would probably work pretty damn good. Yeah, because I want to be able to text her, but I'm from originally from Maine, so I have a 207 area code, uh-huh. so I don't want to text her. So I just, I'm like, how do I message her and not sound like I'm just someone from India? I don't know. <laughs> All right, let me, uh, let's put you on hold. I'll get you in touch with okay. Tommy. He'll do the Spokio okay. thing for you. We'll get a phone number and we can text her for you. What a mess of a night, though. I mean, more, yeah. Wow. The most embarrassing thing for this guy is that he got this hammered off a of Cosmo. <laughs> That's <laughs> a Philly cheesesteak in a tub. Right. <laughs> the worst. All right, Autumn, uh, hold on one second. I'll get Tommy on with you, and we'll follow up with you, okay? Okay. All right, go get him. The Burt Show. Kristen is bringing in this list today. I guess we're going to get all philosophical here. Uh, I think I have had, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to purposely be a little bit cryptic here, um, an epiphany over the course of the last couple of months that you I think when you have the personality of sort of a fighter, that you can fight and fight and fight until you get to a miserable point before you say, okay, it's time for me to change the situation. Now I'm miserable. And I think I've just now started to realize you don't have to get to that point. No, you don't. <laughs> you really don't have to get to that <laughs> low to be able to go, you know what? Yeah. It's time for a change. Mm-hmm. So um, I saw this headline, the eight most common ways people make themselves miserable according to a philosopher. And I found it intriguing. And then I read the article and I found it incredibly interesting, learned something new. And so I wanted to share it in case it could be beneficial to any of you guys or anybody listening. I mean, I think everybody goes through miserable times in Uh their life, right? But as a general rule, if you find like life is miserable, it's time to take a left turn. Mm -hmm. So this is from Jessica Stillman. She's a contributor at Inc.com. And I didn't realize that there is a phenomenon called subtraction bias. People tend to prefer to solve problems by addition rather than subtraction. 
So you look at your life and you're miserable. Miserable. So you feel like you have to add a bunch of stuff. Like I gotta meditate, or I gotta do yoga, or mm. I, I need to get a hobby, or I need to go out and party, or I need to like hang out with friends, rather than looking at your life and subtracting things, mm. right? So this called subtraction bias, and it's very common for many people. So in this article, you're going to hear from two experts, okay? First, you have Harvard happiness researcher. <laughs> yes, that is a job. His name is Arthur Brooks. And he recently pointed out in The Atlantic, we can improve well-being by adding joy to our lives, but we can also achieve the same aim by subtracting misery. So yeah, when I was talking about that addition, some of that stuff is very beneficial, but don't get so consumed with adding things that you forget, hey, let me look at my life and see what I might need to subtract mm. in order to achieve happiness and joy and get rid of misery. That makes sense. Makes sense. Right? Yeah, right? Yeah, I think being a happy researcher is a stressful job. <laughs> yep. <laughs> I do. He's probably miserable. Right? <laughs> so you have Arthur Brooks, who's the Harvard Happiness Research, and then you also have Bertrand Russell, and he is a philosopher, a Nobel laureate, and he, he believed unhappiness to be very largely due to mistaken views of the world. And he broke down some common misery-inducing mistakes into these eight categories. Okay. And as with most things, it's so obvious. Did this guy go to Harvard also or is this a Kennesaw State grad? <laughs> well, I don't know. He was writing stuff in the 30s, so I'm <laughs> okay. not really sure right. uh, what, what, where he went. So number one, fashionable pessimism. In plenty of circles these days, being grumpy and cynical mm. is taken as a sign of depth and intelligence. This is not a new phenomenon. Brooks points out, melancholy was all the rage in Victorian times too. Choosing moodiness to look cool was dumb then, mm -hmm. continued to be dumb in Russell's time when he mocked it mercilessly and is dumb now. So it's one thing, you know, to, it's, it's not, you know, complaining is one thing and then being able to vent and talk about what's going on is another. But if you are constantly grumpy and cynical, that mm -hmm. is going to affect your mood. For sure. Number two, social comparison. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Especially nowadays, man. Big one. Russell believed that what most people fear is not falling into destitution, but that they will fail to outshine their neighbors. Mm -hmm. um, keeping up with the Joneses is a never-ending game that can lead to lifelong discontent. And if you don't believe the Nobel Laureate, there's modern science to prove it. Sure. The solution to social comparison, according to Russell, is to focus on what you have and feel grateful. Yeah, you could avoid that back in the 30s when Old Boy wrote this, but I mean, nowadays you can't, right? I mean, mm -hmm. with social media, it's a completely different problem. Mm -hmm. Well, remember, we have one bite guy in the 30s and one guy from today, So, because you, you got your happiness researcher. Now, envy is next on the list. They go closely linked to the above mistake. Envy is the condition of feeling bad because someone else has more than you. So Russell's proposed this cure for envy. Whoever wishes to increase human happiness must wish to increase admiration mm. rather than suffer because of other people's excellence, celebrate and learn from it. Mm. So again, it's like tweaking little mindset stuff. All right, next is evading boredom. We are less bored than our ancestors were, Russell wrote in 1930, but we are more afraid of boredom. Boredom. So imagine what he would have made of the smartphone area, era. But the truth is, no gadget or streaming service can fully save you from boredom. 
They can, however, distract you from essential but uncomfortable reflection and creative growth. The solution is to fight to regain your capacity <laughs> to just sit quietly and notice the world around you. I can't do that. Uh, <laughs> that, that whole boredom thing, man. I have fought with it and fought with it, and I am just not good at sitting still. Um, are you are, guys? Uh, no, I'm not I'm good not. at it. Mm-hmm. I, nah, nah, now that I think about it, not at all. I just know we don't have that problem, but no. Yeah, I'm terrible at it when I get a chance to do it. When we sort of sit still, I can lay in bed, but if I'm laying in bed, I got my laptop there, I got my phone there, <laughs> right. I got the TV on. Like, my mind, my body may be still, but my mind is, like, reeling. Yeah, we went through this a couple weeks ago, and my therapist said, yeah, she could just look out of her window for an hour. I'm like, what? Yeah, your life no sucks, bro. No, but it doesn't. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I got about a minute of looking out a window at me. That's it. <laughs> All right, so there's four more. Do you want to save them for tomorrow? You want to keep blowing through them? Your call. All right. So next on the list is coping with fear. Mm. Anxiety has only increased since Russell's day, and it remains a thief of joy. Russell believed that anxiety is rooted in fear of some danger we are unwilling to face. Now, Brooks, the happiness researcher, notes before highlighting modern science on the uh, biological basis of anxiety disorders. But whatever the cause of your free-floating fear not going to the effort of finding ways to tame it will make you miserable. So if you are struggling with anxiety and these are very real mental health issues, instead of just struggling in silence, you're gonna have to take charge and do something about it. Next up is senseless guilt. Should you feel guilty and make amends if you did something wrong and hurt someone? Of course, but Russell argued against a baseless sense of sin or feeling guilty just because you are doing well and others are doing mm-hmm. less well. Mm-hmm. Oh, survivor's guilt. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't feel bad about that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you finally got one on the list. I earned that. <laughs> All right. Our second to last one, virtuous victimhood. Russell again feels ahead of his time with his warning against playing the victim. Russell was critical of what he called persecution mania, in which one is perpetually the victim Mm. of ingratitude, unkindness, and treachery. One version of this is what some researchers have called virtuous victimhood, explains Brooks. Of course, sometimes people really are victims of injustice, but putting unending victimhood at the heart of your identity is a recipe for unhappiness. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, this is my biggest pet peeve with some people. I know. Is this whole victim thing, man. That's Everything happens to them, not for them. Everybody's against. That's my biggest pet peeve. And there are legit victims. Mm-hmm. And then there are legit people who have virtuous victimhood. Yeah, those are really good. And then last one, fear of public opinion. Mm. According to hospice nurses and others who work with the dying, among the most common deathbed regrets is living a life you thought others expected of you rather than the one that was true to you. Russell apparently would not have been surprised. One should, as a rule, and this is coming from Russell, one should, as a rule, respect public opinion in so far as is necessary to avoid starvation and to keep out of prison. But anything that goes beyond this <laughs> is voluntary submission to an unnecessary tyranny. Amen. And all this social media and everything, we're all up in each other's business now. So mm-hmm. it's so hard to avoid some of these things. I know it's hard to avoid and it's so much easier to feed into wanting mm-hmm. like that public opinion and wanting the likes and the DMs. Trust me, I'm the, I'm the number one person <laughs> who wants that. But social when I read, media is definitely embedded mm-hmm. in a lot of that. Right. But when I read through that list, I was like... 
while some of it was a little wordy and I had to read it a couple times to make sure it sunk in, mm-hmm. I was like, this hit the nail on the head, I think, for a lot of people. Uh, what's the name of the article if people want to look it up? So again, it was by Jessica Stillman. She's a contributor for Inc.com and it's the eight most common ways people make themselves miserable. Um, Rebecca has the link and we will share it on our Burso socials and also at the website. The Burt Show. Hi, Shady or not, is her nanny misres- misrepresenting herself uh, as the mother of her own child? Ooh. Yes, this sounds shady. Hey, Janet. Hey, guys. I don't even know that there's a question here, and I haven't <laughs> read anything about it. What's going on? <laughs> um, so I have an 18-month-old named Jason, and our nanny Amy started working for us over the summer. And, you know, she's amazing. She's great. She loves him, takes really good care of him, and I completely trust him with her. Uh, But something over the weekend happened, um, and I just can't shake it. Uh, So I just wanted to get, you know, an opinion about what happened. Okay. What you got? So I was at the park um, on Saturday with Jason and, you know, another mom came over and she recognized Jason, um, has clearly seen him before at the park, but very friendly. And then she asked me something um, that I thought was weird. She asked, you know, if I was his aunt or if I was the babysitter. And I was like, no, um, he's my son. I'm his mom. And then she was, she asked, uh, are you are you the stepmom or is Amy the stepmom? And I was like, what? No, Amy is a nanny. Um, and then she just seemed, you know, kind of baffled that Amy's the nanny. It just seemed, it just seemed strange. And so she also, um, she thought, oh, this is what she mentioned. Um, I guess one day they were leaving the park and Amy was like, okay, Jason, we have to go. Daddy's going to be home soon. Which technically, you know, is true, but also, you know, I, mom, was going to be home soon, too. So, you know, she could have said, like, daddy and mommy are going to be home soon. Yeah. So it just seemed a little weird. So I don't know if I'm, you know, reading too much into this. If You know, it just seems like she's not representing herself as our nanny. And, you know, people at the park, other moms, are thinking that she's his mom. So I didn't, you know, I don't know. Is this shady or not? I'd fire her tomorrow. Uh, just based on your instinct of it yeah. feeling shady, um, yeah. I'd fire her tomorrow. And try, I mean, that's easy to say. It's really, really hard to find like good nannies and good babysitters. It's so hard. Oh yes. my God. It really is. So I don't want to dismiss that. But if your gut is saying there's something wrong, there's nothing more important and precious in your life than your kids. So if something like this in your gut is saying something ain't right. I'd leave the situation as soon as you can. The, the first thing yeah. I would do is have a conversation with her. And yeah. Um, one of those deals where it's, it's, it's all about the delivery. So I wouldn't be accusatory, but I would Mm -hmm. be like, Hey, I went to the park the other day with Jason and this mom was under the impression that you're Jason's mom and not me. And I'm just Mm -hmm. trying to understand like, you know, why she would, why, why she would come to that, that conclusion. And I think gauging by her body language and the conversation I think in that moment, Janet, you will know whether or not this person needs to stay on or if you need to let her go. 
I would right, cer- I would right. certainly have a conversation with her before I made a decision. But I am oh I've always been a fan of the universe looks out for you at times when you don't even realize it. And this just for me would feel like this wouldn't just happen coincidentally. Like there was a reason that this encounter with you and this lady happened, and that you took from yeah. it what you did. So for me, I would probably be leaning towards firing her and protecting my child as well. What does your husband say? I mean, he's very nonchalant about it. Like he's like, oh, it's no big deal. And the thing is, it is so hard to find a mm-hmm. good nanny. Oh, and I know. She's been with us since the summer. And in my head, you know, the reason I call it is because she didn't do anything wrong. Like I've heard of other nannies like being on their phone or a yeah. child crossed the street under a nanny's care. Like nothing like that happened. It's just, you know, it seems so innocent, but it also is bothering me. So I- it's so hard to figure out what to do. Aren't there movies made of this kind of thing? Like when the nanny like... That was the hand that rocks the cradle back yeah, in the day. Yeah, like she went, all of a sudden she's like in her heart already adopted the kid and assumes it's hers mm-hmm. when she's just the nanny. Uh, here's Sarah. Good morning, Sarah. You're on the Burt Show. Hi. Um, hi. So I was thinking maybe she doesn't want to come off as a nanny to the other moms like, you know, less than them. Like maybe... She wants to pretend to be a stay-at-home mom so that she doesn't, they don't treat her any different and think that she has less money or any less opinion than them. Okay, so it could be innocent enough is what you're saying. Yeah. Okay, and Maddie, hey Maddie, good morning. What do you have? Good morning. Um, I would definitely have a conversation with her because when I was in college, I used to be a nanny and I would always tell the boy, like, Let's go get Sissy from school. We got to leave the park. And so other moms would just overhear that and assume that I'm his mom because I'm calling his sister Sissy to him. And I would just clarify to them, oh, no, I'm the nanny, you know, whenever it would get brought up on the next occasion. But it could have just been something that was misheard, you know, from the other mom. So I would definitely have a conversation with her about it before. Yeah, I think that she deserves that. Have For a conversation. Sure. And if you don't like that answer, there's something in your gut, not your head. Um, because it is tough to get a nanny. So you can make some excuses as to why this might be okay. If your gut is saying it ain't right, I would get out fast. Way too precious. Way too precious. Yeah. Yeah. Well, let us know. All right. How, thank you, guys. Let us know how it goes, okay? Okay. Bye. Bye-bye. The Burt Show. All right, we're going to call her Rosie, and she's on The Voice Disguise. So, Rosie, we're talking about family scams. Where you got mom involved, maybe dad involved, the kids are involved. My uh, my uh, boyfriend at the time, his mother and his aunt stole my dead grandmother's identity. <gasps> what the wow. hell? Your dead grandmother's identity? Yes. Okay, we're going to need some deets on this one. Um... They have a lot of problems with substance abuse in their family. Yep. And so I guess they thought, oh, well, she's got it. You know, her grandmother's dead anyway. They'll get it back. So they got her ID, her checkbook, and put their picture over her picture and went into, like, Burlington and Publix and spent, like, over $5,000 worth of money. I don't know how these people live with themselves, man. I don't know. I really don't. Are you still with the, I mean, obviously it's not his fault that his mom and his aunt are the way they are, but are you still with him? Yes, I am. Got it. his mother and his aunt are no longer here, so. Gotcha. That was the only way out of that one. (laughs) 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 All right, Rosie, thank you for calling. Appreciate it. 
No problem. All right, so we can hire our private investigator mm -hmm. and see if her gut is right on. $245 million, she says she's worth? Yeah. Doubt it. All right, producer Katie here is at a crossroads. She could probably really use Kristen's help on this one. She's the one that put me into panic mode. I'm oh, yeah. sorry. <laughs> this is what happens when we drink on the beach and then we get in these deep, meaningful conversations. I started to freak out, Kristen. No, <laughs> what did you do to Katie? I didn't what did you do? She asked me a question about children, right? And for those who don't know, I'm a lesbian. So, of course, I have to actually plan when I want to have kids. And I think it started when you asked me what the ethnicity was going to be of the child. You asked me if I wanted a mixed kid or not. God, was, yeah, how do yeah. we... <laughs> I wish y'all could have seen Kristen's face just then. I, well, the conversation is coming back to me, and I'm also wondering if maybe edibles had been involved in that conversation. <laughs> we had a really lovely time. Really How does this even come up? Hey, Katie, I'd really like to keep it nice and light with you. Um, I got a couple of questions for you. <laughs> but that. <laughs> that led to a wormhole yeah. uh, of a conversation because as we were talking about that, <laughs> I let her know that more often than like more likely my child will be mixed because looking for a donor and going to a bank, only 4% or fewer of donors are black. Is that right? I yes. know. I found that fascinating. Oh, wow. wow. Yeah. Mm -hmm. For all sperm donors. So more McCann has been pretty successful. <laughs> 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 you should make up for whatever we like. Yeah. It would probably be 1%. <laughs> but Nick, bring that average up. Yeah, that's a fact. <laughs> so I, that's the one thing that I had to account for and start thinking about. But then it's also, how do I want to do this? Because it would be very expensive. Yeah, this is when the, con like, so the, the, con the entire conversation was highly fascinating. And I am a huge advocate. Um, you don't ask a woman when they're having kids if they're having kids. But Katie has has explained that she wants kids, okay? Mm -hmm. Like she she wants to have children. She liked to have multiple children because she's been an only child growing up, which is why I felt comfortable knowing that information going into this conversation. I don't want you going around asking people, hey, are you going to have kids and are they going to are they going to be biracial? Like, don't do that. <laughs> no, you should do it this, mor don't. this morning. <laughs> Go to the Waffle House. <laughs> hey, you want kids? Are they going to be biracial? <laughs> and then Katie started telling me all this information about about um, the LGBTQ community mm -hmm. when it comes to same sexes trying to have kids. Mm -hmm. And it's always, with women I've dated, there's always been a different conversation about kids. I've dated a woman who was like, I will carry your egg for you and I'll hold the baby, but it'll be your egg. So technically it's like still we have an attachment to a child or... Yeah, that was the other question I asked her if she wanted to carry the baby or not. Yep, that <laughs> And I do want to carry a child too, but I would also do that for whoever my partner is. I would carry her egg, you know, and vice versa. But as we went on with this conversation, it's, I can do it the professional way, which would cost me like thousands and thousands of dollars. Going to a fertility clinic. But then there's also insemination kits that you can purchase. Whoa, whoa. Wow. Exactly. Okay. Whoa, whoa. I don't know where we are anymore. Over the counter insemination kits. Mm hmm it's basically a better way of a turkey baster method. Uh-huh. Oh. <laughs> so, yeah. But it's an actual kit that yeah. can help you. And that's like huh. a couple of hundred dollars. Wow. Instead of tens of thousands. Yeah. Well, granted, so IVF is very like that's So this is more of like an IUI mm -hmm. kind of situation. And IUI is like when you're placing the sperm inside instead of actually um, 
outside of the womb, you you pair the egg with the sperm and you conceive and then you put it, you know, you, you put it back inside of you. So that's not this situation. This is where you get the man's stuff mm-hmm. and I'm assuming you put it in some kind of tube thing. Uh-huh. And then you boop. Yeah. What's the last part you did? The poop part. The boop. What is that? The boop. That that's the... putting it inside of you. Oh, okay. While you're oh, you were pushing up. Okay. Yes. It I'm... looked like you were cutting something off. No, I'm taking the plunger. <laughs> that's, I'm that's, holding that's more it. like scissors. <laughs> 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 right? Damn, that seems like a hell of a sacrifice. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> take, take, my, take my junk and then take my junk. It's like a super soaker. <laughs> okay, so that would be a viable option for you? Yes. And there's there's so many different methods and I would probably go with the kit because it's much cheaper. But as we're having this conversation, I started to realize, <laughs> Katie, you're pushing 30, right? And I'm only like months away, right? And <laughs> just hit you. I'm still single. Right? <laughs> they say that when you hit 35, you got to worry about your eggs. And Kristen says, have you ever thought about freezing them? Yeah, I'm so sorry. <laughs> I don't know. What this is what We're v- still on the beach at this point. Huh? <laughs> this is what vacation looks like. <laughs> this is vacation. So, so you still want to go on vacation? No. <laughs> but then I actually started thinking about it. Mm-hmm. Is it something that I need to do? Like, I don't know what the future looks like and partner and how I'm going to have kids. So I, this is something I actually have to consider. And I was a big advocate of freezing your eggs. Well, you'll have the answers to all these questions if you just go on one more vacation. <laughs> Where to next? Weirdo. It's the Burt Show. <laughs> the Burt Show.